Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, we take a look at some of the user questions we've received in this new year. We're calling this one the one about if heaven is a place on earth. So we hope you'll sit back and relax and enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey, Michael, how are you doing this week? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I am doing good. I'm doing good. So uh, I guess this week we've got some questions. Yeah. Got a lot of questions, Yeah, actually. we did. We got some easy ones and some hard ones. Yeah, and, and then we got some that we don't even know if we'll answer. <laughs> Rachel James. Yeah. Shout out Shout to Rachel out to James. Rachel. Thanks for that. No, uh, we'll probably get to all of those, but we're just... Uh, Starting this new year with some questions. Anything new happen for you this week before we get into our first listener question? Um, no, not that I can think of. Just uh, basically, this week has been filled with interviewing uh, ordinands. So, oh wow, yeah. you're doing that right so now. So I, I'm on the board of ministry for South Texas and. I'm not interviewing. I, I don't have that kind of clout. People who feel like they need to uh, answer a call to ministry, they they need to respond to God's call, and so we're interviewing them to, you know, uh, just ask them questions about uh, what God is doing in their hearts and lives, and and uh, so I think we'll have ten who are ordained at district assembly this year. So yeah, that was that's taking up the that's majority awesome. of my week. Yeah, it was a, it was a. Good time hearing testimony. Ten is a good group. Yeah, and and you get to hear their their stories. And man, I just got to hear a lot of good stories about what God is up to in people's lives this week. And so, I've had a good week. Well, that's awesome. I remember. I don't know about when you were going through, but I think things have changed quite a bit. It seems like the process is a lot more encouraging. <laughs> I remember yeah. one of my first meetings, they circled like everybody up. Like now I know some of them, especially when you're just getting like your district license and not going through the ordination interview, but a lot of districts will just have you meet with a few people and they have multiple committees. Right. Well, we got to meet with every person on the board together and they all oh, wow. went in a semicircle and you sat in a chair and it was like firing squad style. And it was yeah. awesome. I mean, they yeah. just, bada boom, bada bing. I mean, just shooting questions off at you. And, you know, you always had one or two of the, the, the kind of old school pastors who wanted to make sure you knew your holiness theology. Oh, right, yeah. Quiz yeah. you on all that You had to ask you questions about sanctification. And they asked you yeah. questions about can how do you define sin? And they, yeah. and they as yeah. though we have it all figured out. You oh know? yeah, like, they why well, and and now uh, sitting at have, that board, you know, we did nail. some of the same stuff. You know, my question for everybody was, what are you reading right now, or who do you call a mentor in your life, and who's paying into your development you mean you're as supposed a disciple? To read yeah, after you finish your classes. <laughs> well, yeah, most of them were still in class, and 
Uh, well, that's or true. They had just finished up their last class, so I was just curious what the next book, after it wasn't assigned reading, what was their, what was the next book that they were going to delve into, and how it was, or, or you know, or, or how did your, how did your course of study, uh, impact you? Like, what was the most impacting aspect of your right. course of study? You know, I just find those things interesting everybody's is different you know some people want to talk about how the spiritual formation classes were just so important to them and others want to talk about man when i when i really opened up the old testament and how powerful those kind of thoughts were to me and maybe i learned how to exegete a passage of scripture which a big word for read a passage of scripture exegete and then talk about uncover yeah oh yeah and and there's you know there's hermeneutics well, talk about your hermeneutics, you know, and like, it, it was fun to hear how, you know, they break down, how would you teach this concept to someone else and those sort of things. It was good. It was a lot of fun. I thought you just asked them about their books they read so you could see if they were reading any heretics. Well, I can't, I, no, I, <laughs> yeah, I One of our I questions this that. week, yeah. one of this que- our questions this week was something about going to see heretics. And I think that was Dusty Dimitri's way of a nod to us going to a, a little event there in Houston that some people would consider the speakers to be heretics. Oh yeah, well one of the um, one of those speakers actually wrote a book entitled "The Orthodox Heretic." So yes, yeah, Peter Rollins. Peter Rollins, oh, which I really yeah. like. Peter Rollins. So he's he he. It's so funny. He challenges. That's like me. the ultimate put down in the church. You just call somebody a heretic. Oh yeah. So if you don't like what yeah. they're saying. You're a heretic. And yeah, and most of the time it's, you know, we're, we're accusing people of being heretics because they're because they're cheapening grace or they're making it too easy to be a part. When in fact, too easy, yeah, man. You know, when in fact the the truth of the matter is is that a heretic is a person who uh, you know, who takes the the biblical message and adjusts it uh, to uh, to a framework that it doesn't fit within. And so um, we're we're guilty of that in so many ways. You know, we're guilty of that whenever we talk about uh, whenever we talk about God, uh, you know, making it easy for you. Like any kind of prosperity gospel right, runs yeah. that risk too. And so, anytime we talk about God providing security or uh, you know financial freedoms and those sort of things, we run the risk of heresy because I think God asks. Yeah for us to make sacrifice and lay it all on the line, including our own life. And so Well Jesus was called a heretic too, but Yeah he was. You know, so yeah. They they ripped their clothes and said, Blasphemer. So yeah, uh, you know yeah, it's you, uh, you run the you, it's a common thing. Yeah. We we can call everybody a heretic. <laughs> Everybody's a heretic. Let's just start I, there and then you have to earn your way back in, right? That's right. <laughs> well, you know, we did have a, a one of the profs in preaching class would just you know, that was their big thing. As long as you didn't commit too much heresy, you did a good job. <laughs> because it's kind of assumed that as a young preacher, you're probably going to say some things that weren't perfectly orthodox. Oh, sure. You're going to talk out of both sides of your mouth. You're going to you're going to talk about uh, talk in a sermon about free will. You're going to discuss providence. You know, yeah. and and so you can't really say providence without assuming predestination to some degree or at least some sort of you know, God is already intervening, and so, and and you know, to which we would both say, you know, uh, are we are we predestined or do we have free will? Yes. 
All right. Well, not to get too far into that because we do have oh, a question this all right. week. We, I was just pontificating, man. You, you yeah. know it's uncontrollable. Pontificating about heresy. Um, this question comes from Morgan. Morgan helps lead worship at my church and an awesome young lady who is growing in the Lord. It's awesome to watch. She had this question, do you believe that the earth is heaven? So she's heard of a lot of people that believe that like the earth is like it's going to be a new heaven, new earth, but it'll be this earth. And then other people think we leave this earth and go somewhere else and that will be heaven. So what are our thoughts on that? And and like I said, you know, at the outset, we are pontificating on these things. We're not answering questions because like, first of all, I don't know anybody that's really been to heaven except for that kid that wrote a book and sold a million copies. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Shots fired. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, what is our take on the, the idea of I'm assuming heaven kind of coming yeah. down versus us being whisked away, I think is basically. I'm assuming that if, um, if this is heaven, that at least mosquitoes will be eradicated, right? <laughs> you know, well, yeah. Do, I do hope we get so. to pick and choose what you know what what doesn't happen here anymore? If this is heaven, um, no, I, I, I I'm kind of joking with that. God. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of joking with that. But I guess that's kind of where we, you know, uh, the Apostle Paul says, "No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived that which the Lord has prepared for those who love Him." And um, right. And so, are you popping bubble wrap? By the way, no. There's a little. I, I hear some. There's clicking a, a switch there. that keeps flipping off. Oh, and, okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. Well, we we carry on. I'm in my I'm in my garage today because gotcha. there's too much activity in in the in the house. It's so all good. I'm hiding in the garage I'd... to to shoot to record this. But um, I, uh, I an interesting thing happened when I was I don't even remember I was probably ten, and uh, I was out. My family had. Uh, uh, a little bit of land, not a whole lot of land, a, a couple of acres. Um, and beside the house in this large yard, my dad tilled it up and made a garden. And so every year we had this big garden and uh, we planted, you know, okra and tomatoes and black eyed peas and peppers of all sorts. And, I'm getting hungry. Yeah, it was just a wonderful garden. And, and we used to spend time in the evenings uh, out there uh you know, watering and weeding and doing and picking the, the fruit that had grown. And I, uh, I remember one time it was me and mom were out there uh, and it was just at dusk and, it, you know, in West Texas, I, I grew up in a place called Level Land and the, you know, the land. Aptly named. Yeah, the land was level. Like it was like a tabletop. And so you could just see everything for miles around you. Um, I've driven those West Texas roads oh, yeah. and there's a lot of level land. And so, you there. know, like, as the sun sets, you can see that, you know, uh, that the sun going down the horizon and there's a lot right. of a dust in the, in the air between you and the sun. And you see just blues and purples and pinks and oranges and yellows. And it's just a, a wide array of colors. And we're sitting, we're in the garden watering and weeding and picking fruit. And, and I walk past mom and she goes, would you look at that? And she just kind of stands me up and turns me toward the setting sun and says, man, is that, Michael, isn't that just beautiful? If it weren't for sin, this would be heaven. Yeah. And uh, so that's always kind of pervaded my, uh, my theology. 
Uh, right. If it weren't for sin, that would be heaven. So, so at that formative point in my life, I, I then began to think, you know, if we could just stop hurting each other, we might be able to see the kingdom come and his will be done. Um, and so the, yeah. You know, and I, yeah, it's good. You, you bring that up. Cause I was going to jump in there on that point is, I mean, I think Jesus taught us to pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so one of the um, coolest, I mean, it was a weird realization because it wasn't like it was anything brand new, but I was in class um, with Marty Michelson, and I love Marty Michelson, and he was just praying like he does in class. And he, he reworded Jesus' prayer just a little bit to say, so that it will be on earth like it is in heaven. And that was kind of the, mm-hmm. the end of his prayer. Right. And it just hit me like, this is what I've been praying all the time. Yeah. Is that what God is doing in heaven will come to earth. So that that, that sin, that evil, all the things that we that your mom was like, hey, if that was gone, this would be heaven. It's kind of what God is asking us to pray for. It's what's begun in Jesus. It's that now that's already started, right. but the not yet because it's not quite done. Right. So the, honestly, when I heard this question, the first thing I thought about was a Belinda Carlisle song. Ooh, baby, do you know what that's, that's worth? Ooh, heaven is a place, place on earth. earth. Yeah. And so when I was growing up, I think the biggest thing we ever talked about was that heaven was somewhere else. Yeah. And, and oh, that yeah. came from Plato, where we believed that we... Right. And, and this is not a biblical idea, but we believed... Plato believed that we had a soul that was separate from a body, which made the body bad, which meant uh, we talked about things like sex and all those mm-hmm. things. They were just bad because they were part of this body, sure. this earthly... And any desires um, that that body desires, has. Yeah, yeah. So any appetites that you have are bad. Any habits and that so you Pla- form are you know, potentially bad. Yeah, yeah. And so Plato like threw us into this dilemma where we, we, we kind of began to buy in this fact that our soul was going to go somewhere else, which led to a lot of disastrous things like, well, we don't care about the earth because we don't need to take care of the earth. It's no. going to blow up. We're going to go off somewhere else. We're going to be whisked right. away. It's almost but, like we're trying, to help, are, we're trying to help it die. Yeah, and there, <laughs> are some, uh, there are some passages that kind of seem to talk about us meeting Christ in the air. And there's... I've been through classes where we delve into those, like, ad nauseum, where I'm almost like, okay, I can't take anymore. Yeah, yeah. But but all that to say that there are just as many, if not more, I would say, even now that I've studied, there are a lot of pictures in Scripture of heaven coming down to earth. So to answer the question, is this earth going, is, is heaven here? I, I think it's a yes and maybe no. It's a It's a... Kind of like that now and not yet. I don't know that it'll be fully the earth that we, obviously the earth that we inhabit now has been uh, kind of destroyed by sin. It's been ravished, even even in the ecosystems. I mean, you could talk about all kinds of ways we've ravished the earth. Um, but there is a sense in which the scripture talks about Christ coming down and a new heaven and a new earth. And yeah. so maybe you want to jump into that. But. Well, you know, I... I... It, what is it, part of it is about the picture of God that you have. You remember um, the Lego movie where the dad um, was he was 
kind of monstrous and that he wouldn't let the sun uh, play yeah. in the Lego world that he had created and he was trying to glue it all together. Um, Man, the first time I watched that and, and Will Ferrell appeared, yeah. I was not expecting that. Yeah, and Will Ferrell. It was a good yeah, it was kind of Will Ferrell's. <laughs> yeah, it was Will Ferrell's, um, the, or his character's uh, masterpiece in the basement. Yeah. This Lego world. And whether or not uh, his son had allowance to play in there, you know. But it's almost like my view of God is kind of that he created this Lego world and then let toddlers run loose in it, you know. Yeah. Um, and and his he's not trying to, you know, like I'm sure he would rather we not tear it up. But he knew, right. he knew that there would be some collateral damage. He knew that there was some liabilities at stake. And at least potential yeah, for collateral poten- damage. Yeah, potential for it. And that, and that he was willing to sort of help us clean up the mess and redeem this thing. And, and the parts we couldn't do, he was willing to do. And the parts that we could participate in with him, he was willing to teach and show us how to rebuild or build anew. Um, and so I'm, I'm perfectly okay with the thought that heaven's not far away. Um, right, yeah. I... I I think heaven is very close to us. And, you know, I mean, without getting into notions of how string theory and those kind of alternate realms and alternate... We don't want to get into that? Well, we could get into that, but, you know, I think heaven certainly bumps into earth. Right, yeah. um, In in ways... I think that's a problem that we have is we we kind of separate, like like heaven is somewhere else. Yeah. And N.T. Wright does a lot of work on this. Um, I think new, um, what's a, a, a thrill of hope? No, it's not a thrill of hope. That was a <laughs> surprised by hope. Sorry. Surprised by hope. His yeah. Book on the resurrection. Yeah. But he talks a lot about how we envision heaven is out there somewhere else, but actually heaven is occupying the same space as uh, that we're in. Mm-hmm. It's just heaven is where Christ's will is done. Sure. Uh, it's where God's reign is supreme and it's, it's, you know, it's invading our world all the time. And so I think there is a sense in which um, there's definitely some, some picture in Scripture that heaven is here. Uh, but it's not the here that we've known, I don't think. I also think that sometimes we miss the boat when we worry about, like like people used to get all caught up in mansions and, and what's going on there. But um, like every picture of heaven, there's some dwelling with God. Like, like in the end, there will be no temple, right? And God will dwell with God's people right. and they will dwell with him. And, and I don't think that means just an eternal worship service because it seems like we've always had work to do. We've always had things. Right. I just don't think the work will be frustrated. I think it will bring us joy. It'll bring us contentment, whatever that is. Sure. uh, Whatever it looks like. um, You know, C.S. Lewis deals with this in his Chronicles of Narnia series, and he tries to put it in story form that maybe even a child could understand. But as a parent reading those stories to my kids, he, I, there was a lot of impact on me uh, right. with, with yeah. the character of Aslan being, uh, who is the son of the emperor beyond the sea, and so he, he holds the place of, within the Trinity, he holds the place of, of Christ, and so Aslan becomes this character that represents Jesus in the allegory, and um, 
and his response to the children and to those who would participate is further in and further up is always the invitation. Um, right. And and so even once they arrive in Aslan's country, they have not fully arrived. They continue to go further in and further up. Right. You know. And so, yeah. uh, but I think that's a we're, we're we're bordering on another question asked by one of our listeners, Josh Nash, who said, uh, you know, is is sanctification over? Uh, when we die, or are we? Will we still be being sanctified, uh, even on the other side of death? And so, uh, I, I didn't mean I didn't mean for us to answer that question, but it seems like we're kind of bordering on delving into um, the progression of heaven and the progression of life even after death. Yeah, and I I think when you mentioned the C.S. Lewis. Uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, that, that is a great example because Narnia exists right there within their world, but separate from their world. And I think, I think that's a great, great point that, um, you know, and, and I think of even Harry Potter, you know, they throw up this tent and inside the tent is this magnificent place. It looks like a little tent on the outside, right? but it becomes this huge thing with room. So yes, God could create spaciousness beyond any kind of comprehension within even the world we already inhabit. And to go to your question about does, does our sanctification continue? I mean, I, I think there's, there's definitely different thoughts on that. Some people think we're just perfected. Like as soon as we see Christ or as soon as we, um, you know, die and, and, and end up in heaven um, I don't know it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Right. Um, there's that. That's kind of there's him after him after him about you know the perfection of things. Uh, uh, at, at the I know we probably death. won't reach that perfection before then. So there's got to be some perfecting well, yeah, I mean, that happens. Yeah, I mean I'm you know I'm certainly going to try. I think though. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean right. And and I think my understanding of perfection might be different than. Than, well, than yeah, the, that's a, our, our North American exact notion of perfection, you know, because right. uh, I think I think we treat perfection like that's a very objective term uh, when, in fact, yeah. it's pretty subjective. Um, you if know, you're talking uh, about perfected intent or the old thing of being on the way to the goal, uh-huh. there's a great book uh, um, Tom Noble does about holiness and, and the Trinity and he talks about how um, instead of, uh, he, he talks about perfecting. So we're, we're right. aimed at the right place where when an arrow's in the air and it hasn't quite hit the target, it's on the right track, but it's not perfect yet because it hasn't hit the target. Right, so. right. I mean, if... Yeah. if uh, It's called Holy People, Holy Trinity, just FYI. Right, right. Well, I mean, you can, you can set the parameters on perfect, but... Uh, it seems like they're they're always changing too. So, um, and they're changing culturally. They're changing over time. They're changing. So, what uh, what medieval man would have said as perfection, and what we would say as perfection, you know, and what what I would say about the perfect phone, you know, I mean, think about your smartphone. Uh, right. Every, yeah. Every generation is oh, this one's perfect. Well, until it's about two months old, and then it's not perfect anymore because I was allowed to mar it up with all the apps that I added to it and. You know, um, right. Uh, so there's there's all these questions about what is perfect, and I think we think heaven is perfect, right? Uh, right. And so in this question, we're going: Are we aiming at perfection, and what does that perfection look like, and who decides? 
uh, if it's perfect, you know, and who calls it. God says, perfect, that's exactly what I was going for. You know, uh, right. have you ever had a relationship that you thought, perfect, we, can, we don't need to be friends anymore, we don't need to talk anymore, we don't need to have a relationship anymore, <laughs> because we arrived at perfection, and if we try anything else, we'll probably screw it up. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know how do you, what do you do with, yeah. you arrived at perfection, no. do you hold it in stasis? You know, because yeah. then in that regard, then perfect has to be held in stasis. And that's a, right. you know, I, It's perfect, a stagnant thing, because like when I married my wife, I thought there's no way I could be any more in love with her than I am today. Right. And 23 Absolutely. and a half years later, are we at 24 yet? No, 23 and a half years later. <laughs> um I look back and I was like, man, those kids didn't know anything. No. Oh, no. I, they hadn't yeah. been through anything tough. I will they, occasionally they say just... that. Yeah, I'll say that to Shelly. I'll say, man, you're perfect. Like, within this context, I I like you just like you are. And then she gets... Well, I'm glad you say that. And then sometimes she gets better. I'm like, well, yeah. you know, so what is perfect? Because perfect just got better, Right. And uh, it's certainly right. something that we do to encourage one another. Oh, you're perfect, you know. And there's that even that song by Pink, "You're Effing Perfect," you know. Uh, I don't know if I don't know. listen to you, those kind of songs. Yeah, whatever. I don't know what you're talking you, about? You do too. You know that song. That's it. it My kids probably do yeah. because they're that younger generation. <laughs> well, but she these yeah. darn kids. <laughs> I almost feel like she wrote that song as a rebuttal to something she heard at Sunday school. Um, if you listen to maybe it so, but. Well, one of the things I think that kind of goes into this, you know, are we entirely sanctified, if you will, uh, bef- you know, as soon as we die, I, do we continue to grow, you know, after mm-hmm. post-mortem? There is this sense in which you become like the thing that you worship and gaze at. And so I I don't know. I, I think over eternity there might be some sense where we, continually gaze upon Christ and and sure how could we not look more and more like Christ but that's a really tough question to answer really I mean I if you're wanting to know what happens post-mortem like I said not many people have come back from that yeah I, I'm inclined to think and most of them yeah. have written books and tried to sell a lot of oh them. sure sure but there was one there was one called the discovery it was a Netflix movie um, right. where they discovered that there really was an afterlife. And so having discovered it, they started offing one another. They started, you know, like, uh, well... Killing yeah. each other so that they would go yeah. to the Yeah, you know, I'm going to do you a favor. You know, you're sick, you're hurting, yeah. you're depressed, whatever, boom. Now you don't have to worry about it anymore, and you get to go to the afterlife. Uh, unfortunately, in the end of the Kids, movie... Kids, don't in, try that at home. In the end of the movie, they found out that, the, that though they had discovered an afterlife, it wasn't exactly what they thought it was. So it, you know... Uh, it, it's an in, but it was an interesting concept. Like, why doesn't God just prove it to us? Well, because right. we don't act rationally, and yeah. we might do something really terrible if we if we thought we knew all the answers. If we thought heaven was going to be so awesome, we would just start sending people there. Sure, and our and our our pursuit of of His presence, uh, our pursuit of abiding with God, and being at one with God would cease to be a wholesome pursuit and start to be motivated by fear or or reward and or our own self ego yeah yeah, yeah and so which 
which any kind of relationship where you're you're just in it for what you want is not really a very good relationship. So yeah, I think one of the things I love the song "Blessed Assurance," mm-hmm. and Morgan, who asked this question, has heard me say this probably multiple times, but. I love the idea of the line, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Because scripture is pretty clear that eternal life begins by knowing God. Um, And so in some sense, yes, heaven is here and heaven is now. Uh, What it will look like when when God returns and and, uh, when the evil that does have reign and sway now is is vanquished forever uh, that would be, a, I mean, we can only imagine what that would look like, but I could see it happening here on this earth. I really could. I, I don't know why it wouldn't. I mean, the, you've got the question of how many people could you house, like, you know, all the people that have died yeah. before you. And, oh, but, yeah. but once again, kind of like Narnia, it may be this thing that we're, we're bound by time and space right now, and, and we don't even have the foggiest clue of what's really out there. I can only imagine... You know that song? I've never heard that Have song. Have you not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I always struggle. I've been in the church my whole life. I go back and, and forth. I've not heard that song. I go back and forth. I know you've heard that song. Um, I remember when Bart introduced it at BFC on a. I was not there. Yeah, it was an interesting concert. I saw the movie, though. Did you? Um, I did. I haven't seen the movie. The. Um, it wasn't bad. But. Uh, I've always struggled with that song because I hope I can't only imagine. Like, I really want to experience this thing. You know? So yeah. I don't want to only imagine it. I want it to be a reality. I, don't I think want, he's saying... I know. but I, You can only imagine now. Right. I, and, I, and I get what he's saying, but I, in my mind, I always say to myself, I hope I can more than imagine it. I hope I can actually experience it. And I, and I hope I can experience it now. Gotcha. To some degree, yeah, um, and I'm not. I wouldn't diss the song or anything. I think you know, there are definitely song. moments when we can but, experience it, but yeah, never in its fullness. I would guess. Well, yeah, I I I really don't know the answer to that. Um, you don't know the answer. To that. Well, I don't know yeah. because you know. I mean, I think Paul was right, and he says, you know, that uh, that no eye has seen, you know, or mind conceived. Right. Um, yeah, because and we see through a glass darkly, but but that would suggest we get glimpses. that would suggest that there's always going to be this further in and further up nature to the experience of God and God's reign. Yeah, I would think so. And so, um, so I, I kind of I have to leave it at that point. You know, I I don't want to just imagine it, but I I also I also don't want to be preoccupied with imagining it. Um, I think, you know, I, I just hate the idea that we would just sort of stall out because we were waiting for the end. Yeah, and I think that's the danger that comes when we start to think about the transactional picture that's often been associated with heaven. So, like, I need to be saved so that I can go to heaven when I die, and then if I'm saved and I go to heaven when I die, then really, you know... I'm just kind of waiting here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is there an urgency to help, you know, get in and help out with what God is doing right. or be a part of, uh, or is it just about me and my salvation and my soul? And that's why I think the move towards, you know, heaven being more 
something we experience now and later mm -hmm. uh, is, is a good move because it keeps us from just separating ourselves entirely from the world that right. we live in. Sure, because if, if our whole motivation is there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, then that is, that is certainly not all there is to the Christian life. Right, um, yeah. You know, I, There's a life to be lived. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, then it makes... An it, eternal it, life, right. then it's, Jesus says, yeah, full life. Yeah, an aliveness, right? Like, so it, right. What, is, yeah. what, it, what we say is interpreted uh, or, or translated everlasting life could be translated as an aliveness, like a, yeah. a more, uh, you know, a, a better understanding, a better, a more enlightened life here and now. Um, Have you ever walked around like your neighborhood grocery store and just looked at people and thought, we need an aliveness? <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. Like, yes, like I not have. to bash people in my grocery store, but there's just a sense in which people sometimes are, are just, they're hurting, they're angry. Maybe you just can see it all over their face. And there's a sense in which um, the church is called to say, but wait, there's more. Sure. It's not sold in any store. Oh, <laughs> there's no commercial. There's no infomercial for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I guess that's what we do every week. We stand up at a lectern somewhere or sit on a stool or however we do it. And we say, wait, there's more. There's more. There's an aliveness. This week I'm going to talk about yeah. water being turned to wine. And that's a. Touchy subject when you're a teetotaling group, but <laughs> wine is definitely a symbol of joy. So sure. there is something more, and Jesus wants to create it in us and give it to oh, us. Oh, yeah. He wants that fruit to be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's right. He hasn't made it. There are no laws about those things. Yeah. So anyway, I think we've... We've kind of touched on, hopefully we, we helped with I the question. I hope so. Morgan, I hope you enjoy that answer when you lead people in worship. The answer is, yeah, it's it's sometimes tough to come to concrete answers and things that uh, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. But I, I do think there's a sense in which, yes, this is potentially the location of heaven. Now, how that will all work, um, it's got to probably be bigger than our imagination and our even understanding. So, um, but it is important to know that God didn't, you know, hasn't given up on the world and yeah. Well, in the meek, the either. meek will inherit it. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. so the arrogant who think they have all the answers probably won't inherit it. Well, that's good. Cause I know that, uh, we don't have all the answers <laughs> just listening to us pontificate, yes, no. but yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully that's that's somewhat helpful. And uh, the other question about sanctification, I don't know if we'll get back to it again, but for sure I think there's there's got to be something that goes on beyond. I would think. Yeah, well, I that's mean, just a guess. the other options are stuff like uh, you be Stagnant. you become a god, and then you get your own little Lego set to work with. Um, yeah, and I, I don't think I'm not, that's I'm not inclined to believe that, um, though I've heard people say things like that. Um, I'm inclined to think that... Oh, you've heard people say that you probably will become a god well, because you... Well, you know, there's all kinds of cults and things that... I meant you. That me personally? personally. Oh, no, nobody's yeah. ever said They're that like, Oh, that guy, he'll become a god. No, they've never said that to me. <laughs> uh, well, let's... Heretic! What a terrible universe that will be. Um, 
but uh, no, I, I don't think I think uh, that there will always be some growth, and it will always be about this relationship. We were created for relationship with God, and so that relationship will continue. Um, yeah, and I would imagine, relationships always grow, and so I would imagine that there would always be room for knowing more. And I don't know how our minds will necessarily be transformed. You know, um, will we know everything? And will we have all, you know, if my mind works the way it works now, that'll take time. (laughs) Well, at this, this is the point where my wife says, don't make me think about this. My head's going to. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And maybe that's a good point for us to jump out of here and call it a day. Hey, man. Well, I hope you have a good week. Um, I'm uh, excited to preach about water turning to wine on Sunday, and I hope you guys have a good one as well. What are you preaching this week? Uh, We're doing a series called Masterpiece in Progress, and we are in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. In progress, Uh so not static, that relational thing again. Yeah, there we are. All right. (laughs) Hey, man, well, we love you, and I hope you have a good weekend. Love you, too. Take care. See you next week. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.